Welcome to the Kingdom Community. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To learn more about us, please visit kingdomcommunity.global. We look forward to hearing from you. It's going to be a great episode. I'm talking with Alex Parkinson today. We're going to be sharing about revival and awakening and uh, what it means to be a mover and shaker in the kingdom of God. It's going to be an awesome episode. Just before I bring Alex on, let me just tell you a little bit about the kingdom community. Guys, if you're looking to connect, if you're looking for a family, you're looking for community, also equipping and just validation to be raised up and sent out to make a difference in the world, you may want to take a look at the Kingdom Community because that's what we do. Just head over to our website, kingdomcommunity.global, and you can learn more about what we do. We are currently, uh, we have a mentoring track that we call it on track. It really just helps you to understand your calling, your purpose, and how to move forward to fulfill your destiny and see the kingdom of God advanced on the earth. And it's absolutely free of charge to join the sessions. We have some amazing kingdom leaders from all over the world that are actually uh, join, join me on a regular basis for the training. It's just once a month, free of charge. Just click on on track. We have a video there. You can learn more about it. Guys, also Kingdom Community Television. If you're not familiar with Kingdom Community TV, just head over to kingdomcommunity.tv. You can download our apps and you can watch amazing Kingdom content from all over the world. It's awesome, and we're so excited about that. Well, as I mentioned, today my guest is Alex Parkinson. He's the president and co-founder of Zion Company International. I'm going to allow him to speak into that. What is uh, Zion Company International all about? But let's welcome Alex Parkinson to the Kingdom Community Show. Hey, Alex, so good to have you with us today. Thank you, Glenn. It's my honor. I'm uh, very blessed to be with you and everyone watching today. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've wanted to have you on the show for a little while and We've just had other th people scheduled, but we finally got to the place where we're able to do it. So this is awesome. Yeah. So Alex, let's just start off by, you know, who is Alex Parkinson? Um, and let's talk about your calling. What are you passionate about? Uh, Zion and company. Let's let's just take a deep dive into that right now. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, praise the Lord. I uh, would say, you know, just to dive into our passions, my wife, Jordan, and I, uh, we started our ministry five years ago when we uh, got married. And uh, we now have two sons, Zion and Eli. And we're, you know, out here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Uh, we both uh, separately felt called by the Lord for world evangelism and missions and revival. And so those are really the three areas that we're uh, passionate about. We love the presence of God. We love seeing people encounter Jesus in a real way because we've been encountered by Jesus in a real uh, tangible way. So uh, everywhere we go, we're very intentional just to make room for the presence of God to meet people. Uh, we've been to, I believe, 14 nations combined, my wife and I, and um, we just uh, love, you know, seeing the hand of God move with the miraculous. Uh, we 
we have been so humbled and privileged to see God, you know, do incredible, extraordinary, extraordinary miracles all over the world. And uh, our ministry, the Zion Company, is uh, actually found uh, based on um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, which says, you have come to Mount Zion, city of the living God. And uh, really what this speaks of is the fact that we we have been brought up into uh, a place with Christ where we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And uh, our mandate is to engage heaven and transform the earth. And so we have a heavenly perspective on everything that we do. We're called to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And we believe that everything else will be added to us. So uh, we believe that from the mountaintop experience with God, we can then go down the mountain and transform the earth below, uh, shaking the nations with the power of the gospel. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of a, uh, just a, um, a snippet of who we are. Uh, we just love the Lord with all of our heart and, you know, we're just honored to get to serve him. So. Wow. Yeah. So good. Well, thanks, Alex. And, you know, I went on your website, of course, and just love how succinctly um, you stated your mission purpose. So the mm. mission of Zion Company is to reveal Jesus in word and deed, demonstrating his kingdom, power and glory to the nations. Yeah. And and you mentioned, you know, how uh, you seek to engage heaven, transform earth through the life giving person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So um, I know you were in, in some meetings. They turned out to be extended meetings in Arkansas recently. Why don't you why don't you tell us what happened there? Yeah, absolutely. And and this is uh, really, you know, a series of fresh testimonies. I, I've been sharing these in some of our recent meetings just because it's still so fresh upon me. And I, I will say, first of all, my life has been just dramatically changed this year because of uh, what I believe is real revival. I, uh, I feel like I'll never be the same. And, you know, uh, in the beginning of this year in February, I was scheduled to go to Conway, Arkansas for a three night event, which is, uh, you know, typical for a traveling speaker, you know, to do a weekend event. And, uh, on the very first night we knew that something unique was taking place. Uh, first of all, the presence of God was just incredible, uh, just a tangible, uh, uh, presence from the Lord where all of us were just in awe of what was being released through the worship. And, and then, when I was handed the mic to, you know, uh, begin ministering, I, I, I almost fell into the tendency of just preaching and, and doing what I had planned to do. But I felt there was an invitation to move into something new and fresh. And so I just couldn't stop worshiping. And I began to sing and, and the Lord began to just uh, bring us all into this beautiful flow of the spirit. And one thing led to another where we began to pray for uh, different people with different physical needs. And uh, there was a gentleman who served at the church in, uh, that was there that night. He used to be the door greeter, but he had to stop uh, door greeting because he had lost all of his eyesight. He had become totally blind. And wow. in the meeting, uh, we prayed for his eyes and God opened his eyes instantly and he was able to see uh, 15 feet away from him. There was this woman in the church and he he called her by name. He said, that's Mandy. And he looked at her and he could tell that she had a gray T-shirt on and that it said faith. And he could see all of the numbers on her on, on her hands. And and uh, and then his wife began to freak out. She was jumping up and down with joy because she knew he couldn't do that. 
So then uh, this man drove his wife home an hour away in the dark that night. And he hadn't been able to drive in over a year uh, because he'd been losing his eyesight for about 15 years progressively. But the last year he'd lost all of his vision. And so he he wasn't even able to drive. And then the next night he drove his wife back to the meeting. And we later found out that he went to the doctor and also received a miracle in his kidney uh, where he was going to um, have to go on dialysis or get a you know kidney removed, but he had a brand new kidney. He had stage four kidney failure, but the doctors were amazed that he had a brand new kidney, and we didn't even know about that when praying for him. But uh, God just you know touched his kidney as well, and so that happened you know on the first night, and we you know definitely you know it caught our attention because not only did that miracle happen, but there were salvations, there were deliverances, there were you know awesome encounters all across the room. And then night number two, the same presence and power just was there, but increased. And we, we kept seeing a consistency of like souls and, and, and just uh, all, all across the room, people having, you know, uh, moments where God is putting his finger on things in their life, you know, people repenting, people getting, you know, fresh fire upon them. And, uh, and the miracles just continued to go on and on. And so, after night number two, I went back to my hotel room and I said, God, this is something I've never seen before. And I I feel like I felt like I was just really in a time as a preacher where God was challenging me and changing me, you know, to uh, break beyond my pattern of things, because I, I think I was at a point where I felt so uh, done just doing predictable ministry. You know, I, I felt like my meetings personally started to get predictable and I almost lost that sense of awe. And I was really starting to get burned out, even though I was, I'm young, you know, in the ministry and young in the Lord. And I said, God, I'm too young to be burning out already and getting tired of doing ministry. And I was just at a point of desperation and also at a point where I said, God, I'll do anything for you. You know, I'll, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. And, and he began to encourage me to take a step of faith and extend the meetings so I talked with the host and we came into agreement and we just decided to add three more days just to see what would happen. And mm. really it was like the presence of God was so strong and every night, you know, we're new people and every night no one wanted to leave the building because of, you know, God just visiting and being with everyone. And so we added three more nights and night number five, I walk in and I'm immediately greeted with uh, uh, a piece of paper and it's a doctor's note. And it's a note uh, verifying that a woman we prayed for with a tumor in her breast wow. um, had her tumor totally dissolve. And uh, that happened twice over the course of the 17 days that I was there at the uh, out in Conway. Um, and so we had doctor verified reports starting to come in. And then next thing you know, we had nights where all of a sudden there's a room full of people with incurable diseases and they all need a touch like uh, because they're in a desperate situ- situation where if they don't get a miracle, they're going to die or, you know, something dramatic is going to happen. So I was kind of beside myself because I found myself in these meetings where it's like we have a whole line of people in the front and it felt kind of like an old Oral Roberts tent meeting or something like just sewing prayer, laying hands on people who needed, you know, a real touch and, that's when we started to believe for special miracles, you know, uh, creative miracles where God, you know, has to come through or else it's, it's over. And so, 
Um, I stayed 17 days, 17 nights in a row I preached. And that was the most stretching, trying uh, thing I've ever experienced. But yet it was like the grace of God, you know, just kept sustaining me and continuing on. And eventually I um, I decided to go home to rest a couple days and then pursue another ministry engagement that I had planned, you know, but the church continued meeting on Thursday through uh, Sunday and they're still meeting to this day. And so I've gotten to go back here and there and kind of fan the flames with them and, and they're just stewarding it. They they've really been holding it and walking it through. And uh, it's, it's an awesome organic move that's been taking place out there. Wow. That's so good. Wow. Powerful. Thank you for sharing that testimony. Hey, Alex, you know, I think we're in a very, um, in the, the season that we're in is so special right now because I've just been talking with different pastors and leaders, fivefold ministry leaders over the around the world, and particularly nations that were really restricted from having gatherings and worshiping mm. during the pandemic. And there's just such a hunger for the presence of God. And I was yes. up in Canada recently, and we just saw some amazing things. The very first night when I was in Toronto about two weeks ago, we just had an incredible outbreak of a real genuine revival. We had
blesses that. And he loves when we take his word and his mm-hmm. promises and, and stand, you know, with confidence and saying, God, this is what your word says. And you're looking for someone who will, you know, be the amen to your yes. And, and, and we're going to be that people. And so um, I actually, I did write down a couple characteristics uh, just earlier, I was praying and, and I got yes. like these five characteristics of a yeah. mover and shaker, a revival catalyst. And I've kind of mentioned some of them already just from uh, just from what I've described. But the first thing I wrote down is um, a revivalist, a revival catalyst, a mover and a shaker is someone who is intentional and not passive. They're discerning, not dull or distracted. Uh, they're dependent upon God, not independent of God. Uh, a revivalist, a mover and a shaker, they are sensitive, not careless, and they are willing and obedient, not timid or afraid. And so I wrote those things down because I believe that those are, you know, really key characteristics. Um, on one hand, it all begins with uh, intentionality. You know, we can't sit around and just trust solely in the sovereignty of God, even though we all believe God is sovereign uh, and revivals and awakenings have happened on a sovereign level. But I believe God really is looking for those who will say, gosh, I'm going to move with your promises because you're you're faithful. You you will to have these things done. I believe God wants to see cities awakened and shaken, but he's just looking for people who will be his vessel. And then, you know, we got to be people who are discerning and understand, you know, when we walk into a place, uh, we got to be people who discern, you know, what is happening here? What's happening in this region? God, you know, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Uh, you know, in the spirit, you know, what is taking place in this territory or in this church? Because uh, when we become dull or distract, we, you know, lose our sense of spiritual discernment. And then, you know, I could go down the list and explain each and every one. But uh, really what it all points to is we got to be a people with a huge yes in our heart for the purpose of being a breakthrough for other people and, and being a freedom fighter where we set ourselves apart so that when people come in our presence, the kingdom of God flows through us and meets their need and touches uh, their life in a real and dynamic way. So uh, hope that defined that well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. So let's talk yeah. about, um, you know, the lifestyle of a mover and shaker, a catalyst for revival. You know, you've already talked about uh, Smith Wigglesworth, his quote, what does it take? To, yeah. We can actually take responsibility for a move of God in the sense that we can actually do what pleases the Lord or what causes the Lord to respond to us. Very scriptural, by the way, like the Bible talks about that. Isaiah 62, James 4, yeah. you know, draw near to God. He'll draw near to us. But what are some things maybe that you've learned, Alex, in terms of our lifestyle and, and what that... Um, plays in terms of seeing God move and, and pour out the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this, you know, points to walking in consistent breakthrough and being a consistent person, but in order to be a consistent person, we have to rest in the consistent one, which is Christ. You know, Christ is never changing. Uh, The Bible says when we're faithless, he's faithful. So on one hand, I think it's important on a foundational level to recognize that we have to learn how to spiritually rest in Christ, in in his power, in his ability, 
because if not, it can be easy to go into the temptation of striving or getting into dead works or, you know, trying to do things by the sweat of our brow. Um, but there really is a supernatural grace. And I always point to the simplicity of Ephesians chapter two, uh, eight through 10, which talks about how we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Um, and that really is how we continue on in the Christian walk as well, not just how we're saved, but all throughout our journey in Christ, it's by faith in the grace of God, you know, the faith right. and the grace married together, where I put my faith not in my own ability, but in the grace and the power of Jesus. And so kind of similar to that point, I think, um, you know, as far as our personal lifestyles go, we have to be people who are uh, dependent upon the Holy Spirit, like we have to trust the Holy Spirit every step of the way. And if I could go back to the Conway meetings in Arkansas, yeah, one thing do. that I feel like I really um, have grown in, in throughout those meetings is surrendering and trusting the Holy Spirit on a greater level uh, because wow. there would be those pockets in the meetings where I don't even know what to do. Uh, mm. You know, the presence is so overwhelming. And, and, and I think preachers and ministers have the tendency to just, kind of go into what they're comfortable with or to go back to, you know, their plan, maybe right. whenever like, um, you know, something starts happening in the room and they just don't know, you know, how to handle it. And for me, I just leaned into, I learned to lean into the awkward moments, you know, where it feels like it's a little bit awkward and like, you know, you can't really tell what is, what's going to happen next. And I found that if I would just wait for the Lord and, and, you know, lean into, Maybe those moments where, you know, the, the presence is brooding, the Holy Spirit is brooding in the room. What will happen eventually is like something next will pop, you know, and, yeah. and then you, you're paying attention to the movements of the spirit and you're, you're learning how to follow the leading of the spirit. But right. um, that, that comes from, you know, you know, a life surrendered to the spirit. And really one of the enemies of revival is control, you know, the tendency yeah. to just control and try to do everything uh, in our own strengths and in our own efforts. And so um, all of this, of course, you know, points to living a life that is intimate with the Lord. Um, this morning I was, you know, meditating on Matthew 25, which talks about the 10 virgins. And uh, we know that there is five wise virgins and, and five foolish virgins. And what made the five wise virgins wise is that they bought the oil so that their lampstands could burn. And so mm -hmm. when the king came knocking on the door, they were ready and they were already burning. And so the key to burning continually and consistency consistently is by the oil of intimacy. And so if you want to be ready in season and out of season to move with God and move with the spirit, you have to have that right. oil uh, of intimacy with the Lord, because we all talk about the fire and I love the fire. But what precedes the fire, I believe, is that oil from the secret place of just living connected with him, you know, uh, trying, trying to do those things that please the Holy spirit. And, you know, yeah. if something you find grieves the Holy spirit, you, you just repent and, and it's all good. You get back in the light and you say, God, I, you know, I just come back in and I turn my heart back to you, Holy spirit. And so that's, that's kind of what my process, at least right now in my life, you know, mm -hmm. I look at, you know, the simplicity of resting in Jesus, trusting in the Holy spirit, and in uh, the oil of intimacy, that's what keeps me burning and uh, has helped me from like getting tired or burnt out or, you know, uh, doing it all from my own works. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's excellent, Alex. Great insight. Some of what he shared, you know, we might just say, well, that's just so simplistic. Absolutely. 
Guys, yeah. Jesus, just read the Gospels. Look at Jesus, like Luke 5, 16. He often withdrew into the wilderness to pray. And yeah. walking in that place, one of my favorite scriptures uh, is in John 11, when Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And before he does that, he prays. And I'm just paraphrasing. He says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me, and I thank you that you always hear me. And then he yeah. basically says, the only reason I'm praying is because of the unbelievers. And and then, right. you know, I thank you wow. that you've heard me. I thank you that you always hear me. And then you go back earlier in John chapter 8, verse 29, and he talks about, he says this, he says, he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Mm-hmm. So that lifestyle, Alex, of pleasing God, you know, it's so, so important. And yeah. what what does it take to be one who engages heaven to in order to see transformation on the earth? Is there things that we can do to kind of unlock and open atmospheres to bring breakthrough? Yeah, so that that's both uh, pointing to our personal life and then what we do in the in the public life as well, you know, which the Bible says that God who sees us in secret will reward openly. So I feel on a personal level. Um, and I'm speaking as a preacher, you know, uh, of course, but this this applies to everyday believers as well when it comes to being used out in the open, you know, in everyday life, because everyone has a sphere of influence that they're called to impact with the gospel. But, you know, really, you can only give what you have and you can only impart what you have. And so, you know, in the secret place, when you are uh, going deep with the Lord and and you know, uh, spending time with Jesus and, and going into, you know, the spirit through prayer. Uh, those are places of authority that you've accessed. And I find that, you know, when you live a lifestyle like that in the public place, that is what will open up as well. You know, so if you're trying to, you know, go into a, a public service and, you know, believe for God to just blow it up and, and, you know, the, the fire and the glory of God to, you know, show up in your midst, but you're not doing that secretly then it, then it, I don't believe the connection is going to be there. And so intimacy in the secret place. Right. But on a public level, I found that like there, there are great keys, you know, that are just, again, simple keys in the Bible that I think we overlook and just fail to practice. And one of those Mm -hmm. uh, keys, you know, is, is the element of praise. When you go into a, a, a gathering, you know, I like to maybe discern and just kind of sense like where, we are as far as the water level in a meeting, you know, and a lot of times, you know, I'll kind of get a gauge on where we're at in the meeting and God will give me instruction and insight on like how to raise it up a little bit and how we could go a little bit higher or a little bit deeper. And so for me, I used to be a a worship leader. And so this may be where this is coming from because I, I have a heart for worship and kind of understand a little bit, you know, the power of praise, but praise is what brings the habitation of God. And praise is what will cause a people to go through the gates and through the courts through praise and thanksgiving. So simple things that we read in the Psalms, you know, but praise is what lifts uh, a congregation out of the earthly and into the heavenly. You begin to go out of this natural world by a sacrifice of praise and you begin to go higher into a place of worship. And um, I would even say like, uh, something I learned from uh, the late Ruth Ward Heflin, you know, which she always spoke of the glory of God. Um, yeah. She would always talk about how really it's as simple as, you know, 
finding those things that contribute to the atmosphere of God's glory and continue to do those things. Also identifying those things that seem to diminish the presence of God and yeah. avoid those things. You know, it's as simple as like, if you find something grieves the spirit or maybe there is an oil on, um, you know, something being done in a meeting, then just stop doing it, you know? But if you find something that you really feel God is breathing on, that's where you need to abide. And that's where you need to rest. You know, um, one little example again is, uh, in these extended meetings in Arkansas, uh, God rarely would let me preach. And I mm. love, I love preaching, you know, I like to sure. preach, but at the same time, God was in a way freeing me up from the false pressure to always have to preach. And right. I found that that particular move, it wasn't really a need for just yeah. preaching. It was a need for prayer. It was a need for yeah. presence. It was a need to have a, a moment with God. And it's not like I, I didn't preach at all, but um, right. what I'm saying is that was what God was breathing on, you know? Mm -hmm. And and if I were to try to preach, it would almost be like, I'm just going back to the pattern of, you know, what we, what we've always done and what we're, you know, used to, yeah. you know? Right. So, yeah, I think it's like being open to the spontaneity and being sensitive enough to, you know, uh, move with God and, and kind of gauging where we're at and saying, God, how can we how can we go a little higher just to just to honor your presence and to make room yeah. for an atmosphere of heaven to come on earth? So, so good. Yeah, so good. You know, I, I just saw a post on Facebook a few days ago. Um, Hillsong Church in Sydney, Australia, who recently has gone through a leadership change. Um, had really something very powerful happen in a conference, their annual conference, where there was a real genuine move of the Holy Spirit. And people were really uh, excited about that. And and I think that we're in a time in a season where we're going to see that happen. It's been a dry season. Yeah. We've had yes. many churches that have intentionally kind of steered away from that. And ironically, when you go to certain places in the world, um, the people that really talk about and espouse the need for the demonstration of the kingdom in signs and wonders and miracles often are smaller in, in terms of the churches and the gatherings. And whereas the ones that are more, you know, event oriented churches have been bigger. I think that's yeah. going to change. I think we're mm -hmm. in a new season where prophetically the Lord is going to cause a new normal, so to speak, that yes. signs and wonders and the demonstration of the gospel and, and uh, Acts 8, verse 6 says, the people with one accord heeded the things that Philip spoke, you know, yeah. hearing and seeing the miracles. So what you went through in Arkansas, in terms of the Lord just kind of not wanting you to preach, you know, I, I, I was just thinking, just musing a little bit here. I wonder how the apostles actually, you know, what it looked like in one of their meetings. And... And, uh, yeah. you know, there was definitely demonstration. There was healings. There were miracles, things that happened. And and yet, I don't know if they preached for an hour. I mean, there was discipleship for sure, right? Like people were yeah. taught. And and that happened in homes and so on. But And in, and in the public place. But this preaching of Christ and his kingdom, and even saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which Jesus said is the first thing we should do. Then we yep. heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, and so on. Um, so I think if we can really step into that and just say, look, I am the call of God on my life as a catalyst, as 
as a burning one. You know, uh, you mentioned a mover and shaker for revival. Guys, if we can step into that and just say, Holy Spirit, have your way. We're yielded, that lifestyle you mentioned, Alex. And yeah. then being able to discern what the Holy Spirit's doing and just kind of cooperate yeah. with him. Um, so this type of, of remnant um, is needed all over the world to see things break open, particularly fivefold ministry leaders. What would you say to those who maybe they're, they're in a church where historically they've not really been open to that, but they have such a desire to see the glory and the power of God's kingdom come, revival, um, maybe they they have a heart to step into the ministry and to be used by God powerfully. What yeah. what would you say to people in terms of some of the things God has showed you and taught you to how to how to step into that and and just see it you know come to pass? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think in in truthfully, the, some of the churches that I go to. I go to all kinds of different places and I'm, and I'm honored to get to do so because I like to get in different streams and be around different people. And a lot of the churches that I've been privileged to go to, it's really like that situation where maybe they're uh, a little bit familiar. They're familiar enough with um, the things of the kingdom and the supernatural to have a hunger and a desire to uh, go to, to experience it and to have, have it as a normal uh, culture within their church uh, because they, they're seeing, you know, these truths in the scriptures and they're convicted that, you know, this is how we ought to move, but they've not yet experienced it or uh, maybe they, they don't really know how to start. And so a lot of times, you know, I've been invited in to kind of help bridge that gap and, and maybe take them a level or two up and just help, you know, and I think that's a, uh, you know, a good place to start too is like, if you find that there's someone who's really modeling or demonstrating, you know, the mandate that you desire to see take place in your church, it's great to like either invite that person in to speak into your congregation or go take a group of your people to a gathering where God is really moving and uh, get in that atmosphere and get the impartation of what is being released. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a believer in impartation. Um, you know, uh, if you read First Thessalonians chapter one, you see that Paul, Silas and Timothy visited the Thessalonians and they preached the word with conviction, with power. And uh, the Thessalonians caught such a impartation that they were once idol worshipers. But the, uh, the Bible says that their their words resounded in the region like thunder. When you look at the amplified translation, their word uh, resounded in the area and they actually picked up uh, the baton and mm -hmm. continued the work of evangelism so that Paul, Silas, and Timothy didn't even need to return back to them. So they caught such an impartation of what what uh, Paul, Silas, and Timothy were you know, walking in that it said they became imitators of them and the Lord. They became examples to all the other believers. And um, <clears throat> I think that's you know really a vital key is like you got to surround yourself with people who you know, or maybe walking in what you desire to walk in. And, and sometimes it's as simple too, is if you're not able to, you know, physically go to a place you could call, you could say, Hey, can I talk with you sometime? You know, you could send an email or talk on the phone and say, can I talk with you sometime and just, you know, hear your heart about uh, the kingdom of God and how can my church, you know, go 
into this or step into this, but um, it will always also come with the price of, you know, being a doer of the word and, and not just a hearer of the word too. You know, you can, um, you can receive the impartation and even hear the words and hear all of the right, right. doctrine, you know, yeah, uh, sure. pointing to the kingdom of God. But until you say, I'm going to be a doer, I think mm -hmm. that's honestly where you enter into the school of the spirit and God begins to teach you by the spirit, how to pray for the sick and how to prophesy. Yeah. And if you think oh, of it practically, you will never see a sick person healed until you put your hand upon that sick person yeah. and pray the prayer of faith. You know, yeah. uh, likewise, if you never open your mouth and take a step, you know, to prophesy by yeah. faith, you know, you'll never prophesy. So Absolutely. I think that's, that's, you know, kind of the practical uh, way I would tie that up. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And it's true, Alex, like what you said. I mean, it, it's so it's so basic. But <laughs> the fact is, like, you know, we are not going to see anything done if we don't step out. And and God wants us to begin to do that. The commandment yeah. Jesus gave us in Matthew 10, 7 and 8, heal the sick. And so you go and you pray for someone and says, well, what if I pray for people and they're not healed? Well, let's just flip that. What if you pray for them and they are healed? So. Right. Uh, even if yeah. it's one person, you know, when you read John G. Lake in the beginning, he was praying and praying, nothing's happening. And then as he continued in his relationship with the Lord going deeper, and I know Bill Johnson talks about that when it doesn't happen, you go into the secret place. And, and yep. that's what I've learned as well, living in that place. And, and years ago, seeing um, at a time when really revival was not happening too often, and and God just showing me, look, you are the one that carries this, that hosts this. And when you go yeah. somewhere, no matter where you go, even though the level of response can vary uh, in people's preparation as well, you're the one that brings breakthrough because that's, yeah. that's so important. So, Alex, one of the things that I just wanted to ask you about is um, – you know, Jesus talked about how he gave us the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, I know you have a passion to go to places where um, the Christianity is the minority. You've been to Thailand. Um, I've got yes. lots of friends in Thailand, 0.78% evangelical Christian in Thailand. And uh, you saw God do some amazing things. Tell us about your trip to Thailand. And when was yeah. that again? That was in 2019. And uh, this was the first time my wife and I stepped out in faith to do a uh, open air crusade meeting. Uh, we've done other missions projects prior to this, you know, in, in uh, particularly Asia. But uh, this was the first time we, you know, put our faith into motion and said, we're going to believe God to win souls in uh, an open air setting in northern Thailand. We went to uh, Chiang Rai, uh, kind of close to the border of Burma and Laos. And uh, as you said, 99% unreached. So I remember going into this uh, knowing that I had to present Jesus in a way, uh, you know, uh, with the understanding that they didn't really have a context of who Jesus is probably. <clears throat> so I preached kind of with that in mind. And uh, really the emphasis, you know, is, you know, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and demonstrating the works of the kingdom. And so we, we preached Christ, we preached his kingdom, and uh, we, you know, demonstrated and saw incredible miracles. We had uh, probably 200 salvations uh, out of a crowd of about a thousand people. 
And, uh, you know, a lot of the people really were intrigued in Hungary. We even had the mayor of Chiang Rai come out, even though he's Buddhist. He said, I want you to listen to the Christian message and I want you to consider what this young man is saying. And he hadn't even heard me preach yet. So I was so surprised that he came and said that. But uh, we just saw in, incredible fruit. And, uh, and we were, of course, partnered with a local church who was able to take in these new believers and, you know, contact them and uh, as well as a, uh, an amazing girls home that is doing incredible work out there too, uh, rescuing, rescuing girls at risk of sex trafficking. And, um, but our heart really is for, you know, the unreached. Um, I love going to, you know, places that have been reached. I, I'll go anywhere the Lord says to go, but I have a special heart, you know, to go to those places that may be, you know, neglected. And I think people don't realize that there are still unreached people groups uh, still in the world today. And uh, it's, you know, through the preaching of the gospel, through, the, you know, the uh, unadulterated word of God, you know, where <clears throat> we unashamedly say Jesus is alive now, today, and he loves you and he wants to touch your life today. And he wants to prove that he's Lord because he, he can heal your body. He can he can deliver you from your torment. And so we just um, yeah, we, we love, you know, getting to uh, go into these places and, and see power of God on display, the power expressed through love. And so, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was tremendous. And we, we desire to go back. Uh, the nations are starting to open up more and more. And so, uh, we, you know, have it in our heart to go back into Asia a lot more because those were the main countries, um, the main continent that God was opening to us. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I know you, you have a trip planned to go to Sri Lanka, um, yeah. Hey, why, why Sri Lanka? And, and yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, at first, if I'm honest, I, I received an invitation from a fellow evangelist to uh, basically grab the baton from him to keep working in Sri Lanka. He, he was doing um, work out there, crusades and ministering in the churches. And uh, he, his ministry is, um, you know, he's at a point in his life where he is uh, focusing on some of his businesses at the moment. But he called me and he said he was in prayer and felt led to ask me if I would take the baton to go to Sri Lanka and to continue the work with uh, his connections with the pastors. And, uh, and, you know, obviously he spoke of, you know, the unreached uh, people groups and doing crusades and the receptivity and that was just all speaking my language. And, you know, some things you have to really pray and fast about, but some things you just feel such a witness in your heart and you feel the green light of the gospel, you know, to go into. And so I, I prayed about it and knew I was supposed to uh, respond and go, but it was more of a timing thing. So I had this opportunity in front of me for maybe a year. <clears throat> and then uh, God began to really speak to me earlier this year through a, a season of prayer and fasting that I was supposed to uh set up an official date to go into uh, the island this fall. So, and and that was before I knew of all of the uh, current events that were would soon to unfold. You know, um, uh, many of you who watch the news and have been following Sri Lanka, you see that there were mass protests and, yeah. um, you know, they're going to have a new uh, cabinet soon because the president has resigned and there's food shortages, oil shortages. It really... Yeah. You know, on the surface, it looks like there's a lot of turmoil and darkness, but I'm I'm excited because I look at it as like the perfect time to go and to release the light of heaven. And so we'll be up north 
in uh, the northern part of the island, kind of similar to Thailand, 99% unreached. Uh, you know, majority are Buddhist and Hindu. And uh, we, we are very excited. We're going to be uh, targeting three areas, uh, Jaffna, Kalanichi, and Malativ. And we'll be hitting those three areas and doing uh, an open air crusade in each city, as well as ministry in the villages, uh, revival gatherings in the churches. And so I'm, I'm very pumped and excited to uh, get to go. So. Yeah, that's so good. You know, Alex, and we'll definitely pray for you. And I just want to say to everybody who's listening, watching the broadcast, Alex's website is zionco.org like zioncompany.org, zioncoorg Guys, you can go there. You can sow into this mission trip, partner with him on that as well, and help him be able to go there. Um, anyone who has a heart for unreached people is a legend in my eyes. And, and because, again, I just want to say, we talked about this off the air, you know, speaking with some good friends recently who do ministry among unreached people groups in Asia, predominantly Southeast Asia, but also South Asia, um, finding that many, many churches in America have totally stopped giving into missions. And yeah. um, they're more concerned about what's happening here in the United States. And guys, we can do better than that. We can actually do both. Yes, we need to be concerned about what's happening here. Even statistically, there's some um, Joshua Project talks about 350 unreached people groups in America. Unreached people basically means 2% or less of the population of that particular ethnic group is unreached. And um, so, yeah, definitely. I mean, Quebec and Canada, 0.5% evangelical. There's tons of unreached people, very post-Christian. Um, so there are people there, but we still have to go to these places and we need to get behind those who are called to go to these places and, and reach the unreached peoples, the 1040 window. If you don't know what that is, yeah. just Google it and you'll right. understand. Um, so why, why do you think this has happened in America? Like we used to live in Australia and many churches, the majority of churches in Australia give very generously to missions and also are involved in, in sending um, even teams to do mission trips, short-term, whatever. So yeah. what, what's happening here in America? Why do you think this is, uh, is occurring in terms of this trend? Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm able to totally answer that, but I can speak from my you know, experience yeah. and even what I recently just heard. I think it was this weekend I was talking to a fellow evangelist and they were describing the difference now uh, in, in missions in that used to churches would fun function as a missions agency where they would send missionaries and sponsor missionaries for a certain period of time in a, in a nation. But now it seems more like uh, the preference is to send missionaries out and they do tent making while they're in the nation. So funding themselves while they're out there. And, and it's really just changed the dynamic where a lot of missionaries don't feel supported and they don't feel um you know, like the church is backing them up. And and I think it's important that you don't just have a church that backs you up financially, but you have a church that will pray for you and cover you and, and it just has your back, you know, in a way where they can intercede for you while you're on the field and you, you have a place where you can call back home, if you will, and send updates and, 
and let them know this is what's happening. But I just find a lot of times that maybe people in America don't feel connected any to anything that's not personal to them, you know? So mm. if it's not in their home turf or, you know, something that they feel personally connected to, they don't necessarily feel a, a leading to give or to support it. And yeah. a lot of times, um, you know, we, I, I think, I think even on a, on another level, we have lost really our drive for not just missions, but evangelism for soul mm-hmm. winning. You know, I think a, okay. a statistic, you know, would really point to less than 10% of people mm-hmm. in the church have a heart for evangelism. And you see this, you know, because I used to be an evangelism uh, pastor, if you will, where I would lead street evangelism on Friday nights at a church. And yeah. um, you would see the low number of people who, would come out to do street evangelism, uh, you know, compared to the size of the congregation. So Mm -hmm. I think like there's gotta be something that reignites in our heart as far as uh, soul winning and evangelism. And I do think, like you said, there, there are things changing right now prophetically where um, I think this is, this is turning over. I think on one hand with COVID you had those who um, kind of, Shut, shut things down, you know, their, their churches and went totally online, which we love online because we're online right now, but we yep. know that there's nothing that will ever replace the in-person gathering or the exactly. one-on-one contact of evangelism. You know, we can evangelize online, but there's something about going to that person in, yeah. in public with faith and sharing your faith with them and laying your hands on them and them receiving a personal touch and a personal blessing. But I also saw where there was like a remnant of people who were awakened. You know, um, I think mm-hmm. of uh, Sean Foyt in the lettuce worship movement, how he just said, we're just going to show up in cities and do mm-hmm. mass gatherings and mass worship. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I love the intentionality again, right. uh, to use that word of, of that mindset, you know, of like, Hey, you know, the world can shut down and the world can go through its season, but in heaven and you know, that nothing has changed in God's eyes. And we still have this mandate to, you know, move about in the earth with the gospel. And so I think it's like, you know, one hand things have changed, but things are also changing where I think there's a remnant of people who are getting, you know, refired for soul winning for missions. And uh, I know that's where my wife and I have been on our big picture is we want to do, you know, crusade evangelism and, uh, you know, make a lasting impact in, in regions that haven't been reached yet. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There's some great ministries out there that are doing that and raising up many young evangelists like CFAN and others. But um, we are in a time where the local church really needs to re-embrace the great commission. And there's over 16,000 different ethnic groups in the world according to the joshuaproject.net, and that's the word ethnos or in, in the Greek language. And mm-hmm. of those, over 6,900 are considered unreached, which means mm-hmm. close to 3 billion people of a world population, 7.8 billion are unreached, less than 2% of the population. In Matthew twenty four fourteen, Jesus said, when the gospel of the kingdom is preached throughout the world to all nations, uh, yeah. then the end will come. So this is really important that we get on this and we do what the Lord has called us to do. And we thank God for the privilege and the opportunity we have. But there's seasons like, you know, there's there's times when a farmer knows, hey, you know what? It's not really the time to plant this crop Um, and and yet he has a sense in which, hey, this is what I should do. And I really believe if we're led by the spirit, 
that we recognize that, yes, there are people that are called, obviously, to to stay in their nation and and to do ministry. But the vast majority of God's people have a responsibility to be apostolic, which means to be sent out, Mm -hmm. to be active. And if we're not called necessarily, if we think we're not, at least to go to another nation, we can partner with people and help send them. You know, third John seven and eight talks about, we partner with them. We become coworkers for the truth and we can pray for people like Alex and, and others. We, we go out, we've been all over the world and done crusades and, you know, I'm headed over to the other side of the world next month and uh, that type of thing. We still active in ministry here in, in the United States as well. But ultimately there are people guys that are called and we need to get behind them. And I want to just encourage everybody to pray for Alex uh, and his wife, Jordan is your wife's name. I think she yeah. just popped yes. up on the chat. Okay. And yeah. bless you, Jordan, if you're listening, you're watching. And uh, yeah, get behind you guys. The website is Zion, C-O, Z-I-O-N-C-O.org. Partner with him and um, just pray for these guys and help send them out. And and so let's do that. And Thank just you. before, oh, you're, you're more than welcome. This is what we need to be doing as the body of Christ. We, our only competition is the devil. <laughs> right. So, Amen. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, come on, let's, let's work together let's guys. Let's do this. Yep. And um, so important. So Alex, in, in closing, would you just pray and minister? Um, just, yeah. There might be people watching that you, you minister yeah. to specifically, but just as the Lord leads you, would you just do that, yeah. please? Yep, absolutely. And <clears throat> just to preface, I'm, I apologize. My voice is going out because I, I preach this weekend, but nonetheless, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit just to just to move upon this broadcast because there's no distance in the spirit and God can visit you now and he can touch you. And uh, even now, I, I was just sensing that there's... Um, um, God, God is touching someone right now with your right shoulder, your rotator cuff. I see someone who's had a locked, uh, shoulder and it, and it's actually, uh, given you quite a bit of pain. And I believe the hand of the Lord is touching you right now. Um, I even, uh, see the Lord beginning to, uh, minister to someone, uh, with your esophagus. Um, I don't know exactly what is, what is going on, but I see the fire of God touching your esophagus and God, I just thank you for healing today. I thank you for your fire coming to heal and and to touch people and to meet them right where their need is in their body. And Lord, I thank you even for that uh, spirit of revival, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to come upon uh, every listener and every viewer just to quicken them. Uh, Lord, to, uh, to, to, to move in a new place, to move like they've never moved before. I thank you for lighting a fire under their feet, God. And Lord, I thank you for wooing them into the secret place. Oh, in a whole new way, God, that you would visit uh, each and every member, Lord, privately, just in the, in their prayer closets, in their living rooms, in their homes, that you would visit them in a way that shifts them into a new season, into a new place of faith to believe for their destiny, to believe and to be encouraged to walk in the fullness of their calling. 
God, I just thank you uh, even for dealing with timidity and fear, Lord, just as you've done for me uh, with my own personal testimony, how you freed me from the fear of man and from the fear of speaking and the fear of leaving my hometown even. God, I just thank you that you're dismantling the spirit of fear because God has not given you that fear. He's given the, you power love and a sound mind. So I thank you, Father, for uh, your love, just uh, uh, casting out the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, God, because there's a bold generation that needs to rise up. So I thank you for exchanging fear with boldness today. Lord, let the boldness of the spirit come upon pastors and ministers watching Oh, God, to go to a new place in their churches and their in their uh, ministries. Lord, I thank you that the kingdom of God is beginning to visit congregations and reviving regions, Lord. And I thank you, Father, even for everyday saints who are watching right now. And, and you may feel like you're just a stay at home mom, but that is you are so much more than 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 just you know, that, that part of your life, that role, God has a kingdom identity for you and God wants to use you. And so I thank you for uh, just slipping us on like a glove in this hour, God, yes. each and every one of us, every member in the body of Christ, use us mightily. Lord, I thank you that this is an hour of uh, Jeremiah 33, three, that this is a time to call upon you because you promised to show us great and mighty things we know not. So, Father, let your hand just come upon people. We release impartation today. We thank you for coming upon them mightily. In Jesus' name, Lord, raise up. Raise up prophets. Raise up evangelists. Raise up apostles, pastors, teachers. Raise up saints who are full of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And God, I thank you. Um, there's someone also watching, and you. I, I just sense right now that you have... Um, you have migraine headaches, but it's not a natural thing that's going on with you. It's actually warfare. It's it's a spiritual attack on your mind and on your on on your physical head. And I, I loose you from that right now in Jesus' name. I say be free in the mighty name of Jesus. All of that pain, all of that pressure in every place of warfare, may it break today in the name of Jesus. I come against uh, uh, all spiritual fatigue in your life. And I thank you for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, God, right now touching that person in Jesus' name. And I even sense that there's someone and you've got um, uh, floaters in your eyes. You've, you see like um, spots in, in floaters in your vision. And I believe the Lord is, uh, is touching you even right now. You may even want to put your hand upon your eyes. I believe God is freeing you right now from uh, uh, all of that vision problem in the name of Jesus. Let those scales fall off of the eyes. I command every floater to go now in Jesus' name. Blindness go in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for healing, just touching bodies. God touching um, a physical heart right now, not an emotional heart, but I see a heart being touched. You need a, you need a miracle touch in your heart. And I see uh, the life of God just touching you. Uh, the Bible says, create within me a new heart. I thank you for a new heart, God, for uh, individuals watching today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for just coming strong yeah. upon every viewer now. 
in the name of Jesus. And if I, you know, called out your situation, you're feeling something happening, you can comment. I can't see the comments right now. I don't have it in front of me, but um, if you're able to comment, you can, you can let us know, of course, you know, if God is healing you or touching you, uh, or you may just simply be feeling the fire of God, but uh, we just bless you today in Jesus name. And God, we thank you for even those rewatching. Let this, let this impartation just flow from the weeks in the months ahead of us, God, every person watching, wherever you are, whatever nation, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you so much, Alex. Great. Great having you on uh, the Kingdom Community Show. Thank you for being our guest today, Alex. Bless you guys. Yes, such an honor. Thank you, Glenn. All right. Thank you. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Kingdom Community Show. Glenn Blakeney here. Again, I just want to encourage you to check out our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Learn more about our network or our community, as we prefer to call it, kingdomcommunity.global. And uh, there's so many ways that you can connect. We're not a denomination or a network or an organization, but we're a coalition. We are a family, and we have people coming together from all over the world to fellowship, to collaborate, and also for training and equipping. Learn more about the training opportunities that we have available to you free of charge. You can partner with us, become a member in the Kingdom community as well, which will uh, even provide more resources to you. And I also want to mention Kingdom Community TV. If you've not checked it out, head over to the website, kingdomcommunity.tv. We are on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Google TV, Apple TV, as well as on uh, mobile apps for Android and iOS. You can watch 24-7 streaming content, different languages, different themes, different topics. We've got stuff on revival, worship, business. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're in business, lots of great content. If you are looking to get your message out, your ministry promoted and you like to be on our platforms, again, just visit kingdomcommunity.tv and click on how to broadcast with us. That's kingdomcommunity.tv. We'd love to have you uh, as our next broadcaster on Kingdom Community Television. Thank you guys for being with me today. Thanks for joining us today at the Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect equip and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about the kingdom community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.